What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Sofa Sports Podcast. Thank you guys for joining us in another episode. In today's episode, I'm joined by a special guest, Alex Putnam, big Commanders fan, and we're going to talk some Ravens, Commanders preseason football, as well as Commanders and what we expect them to do this season. Thank you for joining me today. How are you doing, Alex? I'm great, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited you're here. We've been talking about this for a little while, and now the Ravens and Commanders got to play in the preseason, so it feels like perfect timing to do a podcast. The Commanders did break the Ravens' streak of 24 consecutive preseason games. I think that that stretched back into 2015, and I would like to point out that I think that the Ravens won five of those games against the Commanders, but the Commanders broke that streak Monday night winning 29 to 28 with a last second field goal. How excited were you to break that streak that the Ravens coveted so much? You know, it was a great feeling to break that streak, knowing that it had been the longest preseason win streak in recent memory by far. But I will tell you the way that we obtained that victory seemed a bit reckless in my opinion, especially when it comes to Terry McLaurin's injury, which we can get into a bit more later. The victory was not quite as sweet as I would have hoped it would have been. Um, I saw some great things, but also when you run your starters for the entire first half, it would be embarrassing to lose at that point. Um, I, I expected to win when we were running our first team against y'all's second and third team. But nevertheless, a win is a win, so I will take it. And ending the streak still will count at, at the end of the day. Yeah, you guys get to rub that one in our face for a little bit. I think that I was also surprised that they left their starters in for the entire first half. I understand a little bit where they're coming from because they have Sam Howell in there, a young quarterback. They're trying to get him some reps. And then you leave guys out there like Terry McLaurin, which you noted the injury. And it just seemed a little surprising. I don't know if they kept him out there to break the streak or they wanted to get him more reps, maybe a little bit of both. But it's just not something you usually see. And I feel like there's been a lot of teams this season that haven't played their starters at all. So to watch the commanders play their starters for the entire first half was just a little bit surprising. So I don't know. The Ravens just, they didn't look that good, to be honest, on defense. I think that the commanders were playing really well on offense. And I know that you didn't get to catch much of the game, but Sam Howe played really well. I definitely do think, especially coming out of the mouth of Sam Cosme, we definitely did um, at least parts of the team plan on ending this streak. I feel like there was a lot of key factors going into this. I think new ownership, which we can also get into later, wanted to make a statement. New OC Eric Bieniemy wanting to come in and have more time with his first team. I think also might be a reasonable explanation for running your first team a bit longer. I don't think keeping Terry in makes sense. How makes sense? Only having one regular season start going into this season. So you want to get him on the field as much as possible, especially with having a new OC, a new system in place. But I think, you know, the new ownership wanting to come in, really have a statement win in the preseason, as ridiculous as that sounds. We're really <laughs> trying to get off to a hot start. And then I just, even though, like you said, I wasn't able to catch much of the game, I was able to go back and watch some of the highlights and, I you know, have a pretty good feel for how things went. And I feel like Sam Cosme doing the gritty pretty much explains everything that you need to know about that game was that uh, it, it was really the first team just doing the gritty on the second and third team. So it was definitely a win, but it was 
it, it, it felt a little forced. Yeah, him doing the gritty was just kind of the cherry on top. I didn't see it in real time. And then I saw it go viral on Twitter. And I was like, of course, that dude, after he came out and said, you know, he doesn't care about the record, it's stupid, and that they're going to beat it anyway. I think that after he said that, he probably cared a little bit more about the game because he didn't want to look foolish and then say that, go out and lose, you know. But I think that there were some positives that came out for the commanders despite injuries. Jahan Dotson played really well. I think him as a number two behind Terry McLaurin is really good one-two punch. He's so fast. He's shifty. He went five receptions for 76 yards, and it honestly felt like he had a lot more than that. Give us some insight into Jahan Dotson for people that might not know much about him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jahan Dotson coming out of Penn State, uh, first year last year was a bit rocky just due to some injuries, but he had flashes throughout the course of the season. Coming into this year, just having a fresh slate, obviously Eric Bieniemy coming in as a new OC, so we have a new system in place. And I think it really just allows him to flourish in a new system where he can really find his role. Uh, and I mean, our entire receiving core is really strong with the commanders this year. Obviously, Terry's number one. You have Dotson at number two. But you can't sleep on Curtis Samuel or Diami Brown either. Both of those speedy people, Curtis Samuel being that Debo Samuel type role. You see uh, a lot of jet sweeps with Curtis Samuel throughout the course of last season. So the receiving core overall with Washington is really strong. So I think that we'll look forward to seeing Dotson really confirm his role as the second wide receiver in our receiving core this year. Eric Bieniemy coming over from the Chiefs, the first-year offensive coordinator for the Commanders. And it almost feels like he might have more weapons this year with the Commanders than he had with the Chiefs last year. And the Chiefs had such a great offense. I think that the Chiefs just thrive off Patrick Mahomes and his ability to make things happen, even when he doesn't have a true number one receiver. And now this year, I think that Eric Bieniemy has a lot of weapons to play with. And I think that it'll be really fun to watch. I mean, he made Sam Howe look really good. I credit a lot of a lot of Monday night's performance to Eric Bieniemy and his ability to play to call plays that really fit the player and just are and are just different and I think that it's going to be a fun offense to watch. It's a great division, so they're going to need to put up a lot of points which they struggled a little bit with last year, but their defense was good. Do you have any other thoughts on the preseason game before we get into the next one? A win's a win. It's great to see Sam Howell going out there and perform, put up some good numbers. I think Eric Bieniemy, like you said, ha- being introduced to a lot of new weapons this year. Obviously, Sam Howell is no Patrick Mahomes. Nobody is Patrick Mahomes. He is inventing new ways to play the game every single week. Even in the preseason, you see him making that pass as he's jumping out of bounds. So there is no Patrick Mahomes in Washington. But what he does have is two solid running backs and a fantastic receiving core to work with and structure his entire offense around. So I think as we progress through the season, he gets more comfortable with his players and personnel. We will continue to see that playbook evolve, especially as players get more and more comfortable within his system. But I think this is just the beginning for Washington and they have a bright future ahead for this season. Yeah, I agree. A lot of good things coming, but I think that the worst part of Monday Night Football was the Terry McLaurin injury, which we've talked about a little bit. I mean, that's a huge impact. 
it's a right toe injury. So there's a chance that he could miss week one, but we're about three weeks away. It looks like the injury is going to take about that long to heal. So it'll be interesting to see if he's out there week one against the Cardinals, September 10th. What kind of impact would this have on the team without Terry McLaurin, new quarterback? I mean, he's he's number one guy. What do you think this would do to the commander's offense to be without him? Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't want your number one wide receiver <laughs> out for week one. Uh, you know, not that the Cardinals are the best team in the NFL by any means, but the NFL is the NFL, right? So, you know, every week you have to go out there and earn your wins. Being without your number one receiver is definitely not ideal for week one, not the way to get started. But as I've mentioned earlier, the receiving core for Washington this year is looking really strong. He also has Diami Brown, who he went to UNC with. They still have that connection there. Jahan Dotson has made flashes last season and through this preseason. And like I said, Curtis Samuel. So you still have three strong receivers. If Terry is down, I would by no means force him to play week one. I would much rather see him sit through week one and come back in week two, a hundred percent healthy instead of trying to risk it through week one, potentially stretching this injury out another four or five weeks, you know, worst case really starting to make an impact on the season long-term instead of just sitting out for one week. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent because you don't want that to linger throughout the season and they start off, as we said, with the Cardinals week two, they play the Broncos and then week three, they play the Buffalo Bills. So I think that that is when they will need him at a hundred percent when they play the Bills. I mean, the Bills offense is going to put up a lot of points. Commanders do have a good defense, but that would be a big loss if he's still out by week three. Hopefully he'll be back by week one and everything will be all good. The Commanders have had a lot change this offseason. Last season in 2022, they went 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. They played in a really tough division. Every team was solid. They weren't that far from making the playoffs. Just a game out, and they had a solid defense. This year, there's a lot of positive changes coming their way, starting with a new owner. Dan Snyder sold the team to Josh Harris recently, and this has led to a lot of excitement around the team. How excited are you to have Dan Snyder out of there and Josh Harris in? I think I speak on behalf of all Washington fans, any resident of the Washington DC area. When I say, thank God, Dan Snyder is gone. Thank you, Josh Harris for buying the team. We are ecstatic to have some new fresh blood in the front office and have a new regime under Josh Harris coming from other sports franchises like the devils and the 76ers. Trust the process. I cannot think of a more iconic slogan in sports over the last few years. So Josh obviously knows what he's doing as an owner. It's great to see somebody that actually has control over the situation in Washington now. Expectation first year is not going to be a Super Bowl, but you know, just trending in the right direction, getting into the playoffs, getting control of the NFC East which is not going to be an easy task by any means with Philadelphia and Jalen Hurts in the way. But just heading in the right direction, getting some stability in the franchise for the first time in well over a decade, um, especially since Snyder's taken over in the early 2000s. It's just nice to have a, a sense of stability in the building again. I don't think that I heard one negative thing about this. I think everybody, including just regular NFL fans, are excited 
for Josh Harris to take over. I don't think anybody liked Dan Snyder. And I think that it's going to be a really good change for the commanders. I mean, I think that there's a lot of positive to come. I mean, maybe at some point a new stadium, maybe a name change next year. There's a lot of stuff being talked about, but I think that it's exciting. And I think that it's got to make you more excited as a commanders fan to watch games and know that you have somebody in there that knows what they're doing and they're going to do the best they can for the team and they want to win as opposed to just everything that you guys have been through for the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years, whatever it is, that now you actually have somebody in there that hopefully will slowly, I mean, hopefully as quickly as possible, but turn this franchise into a winning one and be able to compete every year. Commanders also brought in a new offensive coordinator, maybe the best offensive coordinator in the league, Eric Bieniemy. He interviewed with a lot of teams and He's previously with the Chiefs, as we talked about earlier, and they are always explosive. One of the best offenses in the league, and it doesn't seem to matter who's out there. Patrick Mahomes has been really good, so the weapons don't matter as much, but I think that he's bringing some of that over to Washington. I know that Washington's offense struggled a lot to be consistent last season. They've cycled through quarterbacks since RG3, I guess, which he wasn't even there for that long. They do have some weapons at wide receiver and running back. What are you expecting from this offense with the new offensive coordinator? Yeah, I mean, super excited to have Eric in the building. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. We've had RG3 and then, you know, Kirk Cousins was in the same draft as him. So we had Kirk for a while, Captain Kirk, till he got shipped off to Minnesota. You like um, that? But yeah, yeah, you like that? <laughs> uh, so gr- just great to have, um, you know, a fresh creative mind. Ron, I was excited for him to be hired as a head coach just because of the against stability factor, especially when Snyder was still in the building. It would be nice. It was nice and slightly reassuring to think that we had a really strong mind, at least over the players, not necessarily in the front office, but on the field, we had a, we, we had a, you know, a good strong mind leading all of the players. Now, when we have Eric in the building, we're adding some creativity because Ron has always been a very defensive-minded head coach. I think that's why we were able to get Bienemy. I mean, if you look at it from, you know, not a Washington or you know, just a casual fan's perspective, you you wonder why would somebody like Eric Bienemy leave a a team that's contending for Super Bowls every single year to go take a offensive coordinator job with Washington, who's a team that's been extremely unstable and in, you know, constant turmoil for over a decade now. Well, Eric Bieniemy got the assistant head coach position as well as the offensive coordinator position. So Eric Bieniemy has a lot more control of the team as a whole now in Washington than he did in Kansas City. Andy Reid, one of the greatest NFL coaches of all time, is obviously going to still dictate most of what happens with that team. And I think Eric Bieniemy was looking for an opportunity to really grow into his own role and become his own person. So I'm really excited to see what he is able to do and what creative input he has with the offense, because I would assume that Ron is going to let him run completely free with the offense, seeing as, you know, Washington has really struggled offensively the past few years, because Ron, outside of when he had Cam Newton in Carolina, has never been good with offenses since he's been a head coach in the NFL. 
I think you hit the nail on the head with that one. I, I agree a hundred percent. I think you're right. The enemy is going to have a hundred percent say in what he wants to do on offense. I don't think Ron's going to be in his ear, giving him too many ideas because Ron likes to focus on the defense. And I think that that's probably what the enemy was looking for. And I think that, you know, you're really lucky to have him in the building and, from what I saw in the first in this preseason game with the Ravens, the offense looked really good. I mean, it looked consistent. And Sam Howe looked like he had been in the league for years. He was making great throws. He was connecting with his receivers. It just looked good all over the field for them. I feel like that's something that we'll continue to see throughout the season. I think that Eric Bieniemy just has a way with his guys and I think he's teaching them, you know, how to create a new culture in Washington, which is something that you guys have for sure needed especially on the offensive side. And I think it's going to be great. You brought up Ron Rivera and I think it's really interesting. A lot of times when there's new ownership that they want to bring in their guys, they want to bring, they want to hire their own head coach. I think that there's a chance that if the commanders end up going, I don't know, maybe six and 11 this season and they have a losing season and it's disappointing. I think that there's a chance that Ron Rivera gets the boot and he goes on to, coach for another team and they let him go. What do you think? Do you think that Ron's kind of on the hot seat this season if he doesn't perform? So as a commander's fan, going through up up and down seasons for well over a decade now, I've gotten used to disappointment. So if we go 6 and 11 and that means uh, that Ron has to get the boot, it's not the end of the world for me. Because the next logical step is Eric Bieniemy taking over. And I would love to see Eric Bieniemy as a head coach. We absolutely need to get through this season first. I don't think it makes any sense to, to fire Ron Rivera throughout the course of the season. However, if we do not have a winning record, I think it is completely fair to assume that Ron is going to be looking for a different head coaching position in the offseason and that Eric Bieniemy is named the next head coach of the Washington Commanders. I agree 100%. I think we've seen in the past what Bieniemy does, and I think that it would be silly if they have a losing season to let Eric Bieniemy go because I don't think that there's a better guy out there that you could get as your offensive coordinator, and I think he's proven that. And I think that Ron's kind of in a tough position. I think by the time that the team was bought, it was too late in the offseason to switch head coaches. I think that Ron kind of has this year and they could have a winning record, not make the playoffs. And maybe he still gets the boot, but I agree. I think Eric Bieniemy is probably also looking for a head coach job. He's been an offensive coordinator for a while. And I was kind of surprised that he took this offensive coordinator job. I'm surprised that he couldn't find a head coaching job somewhere in the league. I'm sure there's teams out there that could have used him, but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think that there's definitely a lot of pressure on Ron and it'll be interesting. Their defense just seems to be really good and their offense was a missing piece. So if the enemy comes in and the offense is firing on all cylinders, I don't know. It might, it might be a playoff team. We'll have to see. I agree. I think Ron's going to be under a lot of pressure when it comes to the defensive side of the ball this season, especially with having Chase Young back who missed pretty much the entire last season. He's had his own news over the off season with his contract, not getting the extension and everything, which I think from a business standpoint makes perfect sense. You don't want to extend a guy on it off of his rookie deal when he's been, you know, this prone to injuries throughout the course of his career thus far. 
Um, however, Chase Young seems to be doing well through training camp. Obviously taking it, e- taking it easy during the preseason thus far. But you assume with a healthy Chase Young throughout the majority of the season, along with the rest of the defensive line, including, including Montez Sweat, De'Aaron Payne that we got back, Jonathan Allen, we have one of, if not the best defensive line in the NFL. You picked up Emmanuel Forbes in the first round at corner. So this defense is looking prime to be one of the top five defenses in the NFL. I think anything short of that, Ron Rivera very well may be gone after this season. And I think that's, you know, very logically why Eric Bieniemy would have taken this spot as an offensive coordinator and assistant head coach, knowing he very well is next in line for this position. I think that their defense has been very consistent the last couple of years. And last year, when you look at their rankings, they were top 10 in almost every category points per game. They were number three in yards per game, number 10 at yards per play. They were number one at stopping opponents on third down. When you look at the commander's defense, Chase Young, Darren Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, that's a great defensive line. And I think when you look at the other units around the league, I think that that stacks up right at the top. That's what they will continue to depend on. I think that they're going to need their defense to play well with a young quarterback in there. And like you said, I got to see a little bit of Emmanuel Forbes with the Ravens and Commanders practice, a little bit of him the other night in the first game. And he looks really good too. He's a small guy, but he can tackle. I mean, you would think that maybe he wouldn't be able to bring some of these guys down, but I saw him make a couple tackles against the Ravens. And I think just the more snaps he plays, the better that he's going to get. And I expect this defense to continue to stay at the top of the league and in a tough division that they're in. To expand on Emmanuel Forbes, I remember watching the draft very vividly. I was very excited to see that Christian Gonzalez fell into the Washington commander's hands and us to inevitably not take him. Now with some of our previous draft history, including recently Jamin Davis, who has not panned out uh, very well thus far. um, I was not very excited to see Emmanuel Forbes taken ahead of uh, Gonzalez. However, Throughout training camp in the preseason, I feel like he has shown himself to be a very viable corner in the league. He has the chip on his shoulder that you look for. He's plays scrappy. He plays for the ball. He's everything you really want in a corner besides the fact that he is just a little light for the position. You, you, you wish he could put on another 15, 20 pounds at least, but he is lanky for his weight. So... So far, he's proven himself to be able to handle the NFL talent, uh, which is great to see. Hopefully, Ron, using his first-round pick for a defensive player on his side of the ball, hopefully he really got the person he was hoping that he was going to get in Emmanuel Forbes this season. Agreed. And let me go back to the Chase Young point you made. There's been a lot of stuff swirling on Twitter about potentially Chase Young being traded. And some of those rumors were to the Ravens. And I would love to see him in a Ravens jersey. That would be fantastic. But he has had the injury concerns that you noted. So that's the only hesitation on him. He has so much potential. He has great size, great strength. And I think that this, I feel like every season is for him since he's been drafted. But I think that this could really be a breakout season for him if he stays healthy. That's the biggest if for me. And if I were you, I would not want to trade him away, especially considering he's still on his rookie deal. I think it's smart not to sign him yet. Just 
see him play a full season and see what he can do, uh, especially if he can stay healthy. I agree. I think from a financial standpoint, it makes perfect sense to not extend him prior to this season. Uh, somebody as injury prone as he is, especially at the DN position where we've seen a lot of money getting thrown around over the past few years, you really want to make sure that he's actually going to be able to play and that you get your money's worth out of uh, a player of his caliber. However, as a Ravens fan, I hope you would not get too greedy with Chase Young considering you just signed my boy Jadavion Clowney. Go Cox. You know that that's my college team. But obviously, any team would be lucky to have somebody like Chase Young on their roster. Obviously, assuming that he stays healthy throughout the course of the season. I agree. Chase, Chase Young and Jadavion Clowney could end up being a very similar player in the way that Jadavion Clowney was a super high draft pick. He was number one overall, and he was great coming out of college. And then he hasn't had the sack production that I think most people expected. He's great in run defense. He's ranked number two in rush defense. I forget exactly what the stat was, but right there with Max Crosby, which I think is, it just shows that, you know, the sacks aren't everything. And I think people look at the sacks and that's kind of where they make their decision. And he hasn't had that production. He's a great DN for for defending the rush. His size and weight deters him from being able to be a great pass rusher. He's quick and shifty, which allows him to be able to get to the running back more efficiently than a lot of other DNs, where I feel like Chase Young is actually a better hybrid. Chase Young has a little bit more strength to him than Clowney does, which allows him to be able to I believe, be a bit more of a valuable D-end. So I think Chase Young, obviously, age, contract, and strength-wise, just overall as a player, is more appealing than Clowney, obviously. But I do agree that that's a, that is a good comparison, especially at this stage of Chase's career compared to where Clowney was at that stage in his career. Both uh, also struggled with injuries throughout the first throughout the first part of their careers as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, hopefully they can both stay healthy this season. The Ravens are definitely counting on Jadavia and Clowney to produce. That room is super young for the Ravens, so they have a lot of potential, but it's just yet to be seen. So to have that veteran leader in there, I'm super excited to see what he has. We've played against him a lot after him being a part of the Browns for the last two seasons, but I definitely still think Chase Young has a lot of potential. If he can stay healthy this season, I think that this defense will just eat. I mean, they are in a tough division. They're going to need to play really strong defense. Even if the offense is rolling, they're going to need some good defense to keep them in these games. Obviously, you know what the Eagles can do. And then the Cowboys. I think we are primed to be one of the top defenses in the NFL. Anything less than top five is honestly going to be close to a disappointment with Ron being able to afford to focus most of his time on the defense with Eric Bieniemy running the offense. Uh, I really don't think there's any excuse for us not to be a top five defense in the NFL going into this season. I have very high expectations for our defense. The team overall, my expectations are definitely higher compared to last season, but for the defense especially, I have very high expectations. I think that's valid just based off of how they played last year. From what I know, I don't think that they lost a whole lot of pieces. 
So it should be a very similar group to what we saw last year. And then you add Emmanuel Forbes in there. It should be a good unit. And they're going to be tested a lot. Back to the offense real quick. They recently named Sam Howe the starting quarterback. How confident are you that he will turn out to be a solid quarterback this season? It doesn't have to be great, just solid. I think solid's a great word to use uh, in this case. Sam Howell, again, only coming off of one regular season start prior to this season. You really do not have a lot of tape to go off of with him. You really just have to look at preseason and training camp. What has he shown? He has great arm talent. He has a cannon for an arm. There's been hot days and there's been cold days. That's something you expect out of somebody that doesn't have a whole lot of experience. So I think that we can expect the same thing at least through the first half of the season. We're going to have some hot games, some cold games. Um, it's it's really going to depend on him and his maturation process. But I really do believe that he would be able to leave us, lead us to a winning record this season. Per usual, it's all going to lie with the quarterback, um, You know whether our team ends up having a winning season or a losing season. I think he has the talent to be able to get it done. Uh, it's just going to be whether or not he's able to perform when the time comes. That's fair. And if he could have Terry McLaurin back week one, I think that that would be a huge bonus, something that we were expecting to happen, and now we're unsure. I think another good point with Sam Howell is that being pretty much his, you know, rookie season, right? His first season as a full-fledged starter, a, a good comp is almost what Kyle Shanahan's done with the 49ers. He doesn't necessarily have to be a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, a Joe Burrow, and go in and just absolutely dominate the game. Eric Bieniemy, being the offensive genius that he is and having the receiving core and the running back group that he has at his disposal really does not need to go in and take over the game. He just has to go in and make good sound decisions. Now, one thing that Sam Howell does possess that the likes of Brock Purdy, we have not seen with Trey Lance and the rest of the San Francisco quarterback room is that Sam Howell has a cannon. Sam Howell can launch it. So that adds another dynamic to that type of offense. But I think if we see something similar to a blend between Kansas City's playmaking ability and San Francisco's diversity when it comes to getting the wide receivers involved in the run game, a lot of uh, you know shallow screens, things of that nature to allow Sam Howell to really get comfortable throughout the course of the game, just pad some stats, get a few easy first downs, and then allow him to launch it down the field. I think a solid game plan like that would really allow him to thrive and really produce a lot more this season than he would in a lot of other teams. I agree. I think that's very well said. I think that's a great comparison because you're absolutely right. Brock Purdy wasn't asked to do too much, but Kansas City has that big play potential. So if you just merge those two together, that could be very good. That could be very good. It's going to be a tight division. I think that the NFC has a little bit more wiggle room compared to the AFC, which I think is in the commander's favor. Talking about the NFC, the commanders are in a very tough division, maybe the toughest in the NFC with the Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants. The Eagles will be very good again this year, just like last year. The Cowboys are expected to be very good. They have a great roster, but when it comes time for the playoffs and big moments, who knows? They never seem to really get it done. Dak loves to turn the ball over, so 
who knows? And then the Giants are just out there. They had a great season last year and ended up signing Danny Dimes to a massive contract for him. And they do get Saquon back, but I still don't really believe in that team. Where do you think that the commanders will end up in the division when the season ends? Before we get to where the commanders are going to land, what was the number Dak said he wasn't going to throw a certain amount of interceptions this season? How many interceptions have you already seen throughout the course of the preseason and training camp? Just boneheaded interceptions. Does anybody believe in Dak? No, I don't think so. There's a clip every day of a of a Dak interception. Every day. Every day. I don't understand why people why anybody would still be on the Dak train. Get off. That train is going to derail. It has already derailed. I am I I'm just flabbergasted by just the blind confidence of cowboy fans every single year they think it's going to be their year and it just never quite is the divisional round is it for them every single time now when we go on to the to the giants and the eagles completely different story i am genuinely afraid of danny dimes vanilla vic coined by bangle youtube shout out to him Vanilla Vic is a scary quarterback. He is he he's put on weight over the offseason as well, just straight muscle. I believe it was like 10, 15 pounds of more muscle. And he just looked comfortable in that offense. You look at him the second half of the season last year, he was almost looking like an MVP candidate. I mean, he was a genuinely scary quarterback to go up against. Now, you look at the Eagles as well. They have Jalen Hurts. Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. I mean, their offense is cooking. Their defense, you pretty much just took all the MVPs from UGA's national championship teams over the last few years and just put them all on an NFL team. So they're, you know, they're looking solid. NFC East is looking more like the NFC Beast this year. So I would honestly be happy. I, I think we can split the series with the Giants, potentially go one and one. I really hope we can beat the Cowboys both times. And the Eagles, I, hey, I, I think we got our win last year. I, I'm not sure if we get, I'm not sure if we get a win against the Eagles this year. But I think tying for second place in the division, or being really close in third place with a still ending with a winning record would still be a step in the right direction for the commanders this season. I agree hundred percent. I was putting them at the second spot in the division as well. I think that they're behind the Eagles. I think that the Cowboys come in third and the Giants come in last. I just don't think that the Giants can repeat what they did last season. I don't think that Danny Dimes will be as good. And I think that the Cowboys will start off the season hot and then just kind of falter out. I just don't think that Dak is the answer. If I was a Cowboys fan, I would probably buy into it. They're going to have a great defense, but at the end of the day, I think that they're just a mediocre team, and I, I'm sure that'll show. Once the interceptions start coming for Dak, the media is going to hop on that. And Trayvon Diggs, Trayvon Diggs is the most overhyped corner in the NFL. Micah Parsons is the only, only elite piece on that defense. Yeah, I, he's probably the the one guy that they couldn't stand to lose. If they lost him, that would probably be the biggest loss for that team, I would say. 100% agreed. 
And then, I mean, their offense, they have a couple weapons, CeeDee Lamb and uh, Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's been solid, you know, stepping up and taking Zeke's spot. But I don't know. I just Don't sleep on Deuce Vaughn either. Deuce Vaughn's been looking really good throughout the course of the preseason. Zeke Elliott ob- obviously has left the building. So they have Tony Pollard and Deuce Vaughn. I still think Cowboys have one of the elite running back groups in the NFL. However, this is not a running backs league anymore. So that can only take them, but so far. Yep. Unfortunately, I know that all too well as the Ravens have gone off the last couple seasons leading the league in rushing yards and they just don't get it done. So 100%. It'll be interesting to see if Dak can put together a full healthy season and not throw a mess of interceptions. It'll be... It'll be interesting. Finally, what is your prediction? What is your record prediction for the Commanders this season? I think we can be a solid 10-7 and this year. I think we'll take some key wins. I I believe we're going to sweep the series with the Cowboys this year. I think we can pick up some wins over the Rams, Patriots. I believe we can split the series with the Giants. Definitely should beat the Bears. I'm hoping... That's going to be another Thursday night game. We know how ugly that game was last season. I'm really hoping it looks a little bit better. We don't quite embarrass ourselves. To be fair, we still won that game, but both teams just looked embarrassing during that regular season game last year. So a little rematch of that on Prime Video. But I believe a 10-7 and record is attainable. Like the commanders usually do, I'm sure we'll end up dropping one or two easy ones and then winning one or two that we shouldn't. Uh, so I believe 10 and seven is a, is a pretty fair, realistic estimate of where we can be. That might just sneak us into the wild card round. When you said 10 and seven at first, I was like, that's a lot of wins, but they did go eight, eight and one last year. So that's only a game and a half away. If they, you know, don't tie a game and then they're only one game away from double digits. And I think that in the NFC, 10 wins should be enough to get into the wild card. I think that they go nine and eight, but I still think that that gives them a chance to get into the playoffs in the NFC. I don't know that the AFC will, that would be enough, but NFC, I definitely think that nine and eight could be enough to get into the playoffs. Hopefully they have a good season. I think that if they can squeak into the playoffs, nine and eight, 10 and seven, something like that, Ron stays around, everybody's happy. And there's just something to build off of that you get a full season of Sam Howe. And I don't know, it's, it's going to be fun to watch. It's definitely a fun team to watch because there's just so much happening, a lot of positive stuff. So hopefully, hopefully it turns out to be a great season. Any final thoughts on the commanders that you would like to share before we sign off? It's just refreshing to be able to not be embarrassed when I say I'm a commanders fan now (laughs) for the first time in well over a decade. If we have a positive season, I said I was not going to buy any Washington merch as long as Dan Snyder was still the owner. Josh Harris is now the owner, obviously. So I look forward to buying some Washington Commanders merch, although I might wait until the end of the season to really start balling out just in case there's another name change to truly wash us free of all of Dan Snyder's filth. I would not be surprised if they change their name again next season. So... Not a bad call to wait on buying merch. I uh, hope that they have a great season. I hope that all this works out well. I mean, there's just so many things pointed in the right direction. Only time will tell, I guess. Thank you guys for joining us in another episode of the Sofa Sports Podcast. Until next time. <laughs>